0: Hey world! Welcome to the Sharice Nicole Podcast. I created this space where I'll discuss life lessons, personal stories, observations, unsolicited advice, and ramblings that go on in my chattering mind. Every so often, I will pull in guests to provide different perspectives and discuss a range of topics from nutrition to travel and all things in between. So without further ado, let's get into it. by my friend who's a chef his name is Eugene I've learned so much about food from him because he's a chef obviously Uh, sometimes we get I get to come over and have brunch cooked for me and it's always a great experience so I decided to bring him on have him share his story talk about food a little bit and you know share a little bit about his life on my podcast so I'm just gonna throw it over to you have you introduce yourself to my audience
1: uh hi. <laughs> Hello. I'm pretty nervous. I'm now, nervous too for some reason. Well, as soon as you hit <laughs> as soon as you hit record I inst- like I instantly just got nervous. I don't know why. It's just the the pressure that the microphone is on me. Anyway, my name's Eugene. Uh I'm a chef. Currently right now I'm creating a lot of uh, educational cooking content for uh, Instagram and TikTok. I'm The Huge Food if you want to follow me. Yeah, I mean, I'm a chef, I, uh, I've cooked almost everywhere, I've cooked in almost every type of restaurant, like I've, I actually started in fast food, and then I worked, then I started working in corporate restaurants like Boston Pizza, and like the, it's like the kind of like the, the dirty-ish kind of restaurants, like the, the family-style restaurants where like, it's not really cooking, it's just sort of you open bags that have pre-cooked food in them and you reheat them. Okay. And then I uh, I started working in like more corporate places like uh, Joey's and Moxie's and stuff so it gets a little bit better
2: mm-hmm. and
1: then I eventually went to culinary school. Didn't finish culinary school and then started working in restaurants in downtown Toronto like nicer restaurants. We'd actually make sauces from scratch and we'd butcher our own stuff mm-hmm. and that's where I actually started to like get a real interest in cooking. Before then it was just I liked restaurants because I actually liked working with people. I didn't really care about the food. I just wanted to hang out with my friends and work with my friends and just have a good time. Mm-hmm. But then, then the naturally the food. I actually started caring about the food a lot more. And then I uh, got better, better like better jobs. I learned how to make pasta and sauces from scratch. And uh, I eventually started, worked for um, David Chang at Momofuku in Toronto. He was like one of the first Michelin star chefs that I worked for. Mm-hmm was a very unique experience and after that I actually went with Casey my wife we went to Hong Kong and I started working in nicer restaurants Michelin star restaurants fancy tasting menu restaurants and stuff Mm -hmm. and then from there I we came back to Canada because uh my dad was like really sick and he passed away so I came back to sort of take care of my mom Mm -hmm. and then i just been in this sort of lull. like i don't know if i want to go back into restaurants because if i am going to go back into a restaurant for some reason my brain is telling me i need to find something more challenging than a michelin star Mm -hmm. so then i tried to like do my own thing so i started catering i started uh doing food events and now i'm doing something completely left field and trying to create video content educational cooking content for the internet and so far i think i like this the best
0: Mm -hmm. why why do you say that
1: it's just a different form of creativity because i mean i get to actually uh how do i say this teach people how to cook i actually get to utilize the knowledge that i've been gaining through my years in the kitchen for a positive impact Mm -hmm. so i can actually Teach people at a mo- at like at the most basic. I'm starting at the most basic level, because I just want people to get into the kitchen. I find that shows on like Netflix, uh, just like uh, the Food Network, like you see these like home cooks, mm-hmm. quote unquote <laughs> home cooks, and they they make these ridiculously amazing looking and delicious food, and you have people like Gordon Ramsay saying like, "Oh my god, smashing" or whatever, <laughs> whatever the fuck he says, right? <laughs> he's like, and then you're you're just sitting at home and you're like, oh man, I'm really, you're like, I'm really hungry. And two, it's just like, I could never make that. I'm going to order that. But I would like the opportunity to give, you know, to give Mm. the opportunity to like, it's actually not that hard to make this thing. It's actually not that hard to make an apple pie. It's really not that hard to like make these vegetables and make these dishes. That's true. Right?
0: You said you didn't finish culinary school. Is it? needed like was it just because you were so good at doing what you could do that you just kind of let experience teach you or do you think that it's actually needed to go through culinary school because there's a lot of chefs or a lot of cooks there uh at home or on youtube that are just great and they've never done any formal education i don't think anyways
1: yeah no you don't need it. Yeah. No, no, you don't need culinary school.
0: I mean I still wanna go. I wanna go. That's one of my like my lifetime goals is to go to a culinary school and actually learn the science. You know
1: it. you know what's funny about culinary school, though the ones that take the full time program are kids that come out of high school and I can see their mannerisms where they still haven't really figured out how to wake up on time and to get dressed (laughs) and to be on class at time, right? Yeah. And then, um, I also worked, I also worked at the culinary school that I did not graduate from. So I had finished all my classes except for one class. Mm -hmm. And when I worked at the school afterwards, I took the class because I worked there because I was able to Mm -hmm. and then after I took that class I literally just asked someone that worked there to see if I could actually get the certificate and I did. So I actually did graduate from that school but 10 years after the fact.
0: (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) It's a
1: very weird story but to answer Mm -hmm. your question. um, Culinary school does teach you the terminology and like there's there's two classes on food theory so the science behind stuff but they cover like everything they cover like literally everything it's not it's not like you go in there it's like okay I want to know specifically about this candida diet and veganism and I want to know about the science behind all these things Mm -hmm. it's not like that you might get like five or ten minutes per class to ask a question but then everybody else has questions too right so culinary is a good start I actually found that... So the school has daytime classes, which is more more so for the kids that take the full-time program. And then at night, they have nighttime classes Mm -hmm. where you can take one bread class or one pastry class or one Italian class. And I find that the people that take those classes are are the ones that really want to learn how to cook. They have a nine-to-five, which is why the classes are held at nighttime. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And I find that these cooks... The, like the moms and the dads and the people that just want to fuck around with food, they're actually more talented than the students during the day. They're, they, because like they know how to function, they know how to wake up on time to get to work, so they know how to get to the school on time. Oh, okay. they, ha- they already have all of their equipment because they're already organized in their real life, mm-hmm. right? Hmm. So, culinary school, no, you, c- you have all the information you need to learn how to cook things in Google. And, like, you can use YouTube mm-hmm. to, like, learn how to cook stuff. You can... There's recipes all over the internet. Chefs copy recipes all the time. Which right? I just learned. <laughs> yeah. Chefs copy... <laughs> chef Chefs copy recipes. They just... They just... What did, what did I say? They tell they tell a different story. Or... They, they tell, make it their own. They make it like their that. own and they, they put a spin on it, right? Because there's only so many ways that you can make a pizza but then there's pizza from Nepal and there's pizza from America and there's pizza from Canada and there's different types of pizza, but pizza is still pizza. And it's just the way that you make the pizza. It's the way that you tell the story Mm -hmm. that kind of makes it unique.
0: There's this quote uh, that I saw online and it's by, I think it's by Pablo Picasso. And it said, good artists steal, but great artists copy. Or I may have gotten that reversed. I don't know something something to that sort, and that's what I think about because when I because when I make uh, meals on my my YouTube channel like Candida diet inspired meals and recipes, I'm obviously like pulling from so many different sources, and then I'm making it uh, suitable to my eating habits or my eating restrictions. Mm-hmm. And then people are always like, "Where do you come up with this?" And I'm like, "Well, it's several sources like Pinterest, this place, this place, this place, and then also my own creativity." That goes behind, like, what I make.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much the mindset of a chef. But it just depends on what level you're at, right? If you're a Michelin star chef, you think about all angles. It's not just about the taste anymore. It's, it's about the visual. It's about the smell. It's even about the touch. It's about all your senses, like, hearing. There are restaurants out there that have, like, almost like a green screen or a white screen room. And then when you're eating, like, a mushroom salad... They'll play music like you're in fucking rainforest or you're in some forest, right? And then they'll put pictures of trees and mushrooms growing around you, and there'll be like a course where you're eating a fish like a tuna fish, and then it'll just be blue, and it'll just be like ocean and maybe like ocean, not ocean sounds, but like when you're in the water, like mm-hmm. yeah. There, there are restaurants that create. I I worked with this one Korean chef, his name's Young. I met him in Hong Kong, he did a tasting menu that was part of a farm and each course they had to hike to a different part of the farm to experience the food. Whoa. So they started they started at like the like I think at the fields where they had something that was grown in the fields like corn or some shit and he made a corn dish and then they hiked to like the place where they forage for like random herbs and mushrooms and they, they set up a table up there and they just like, he served the dish there and they ended at the actual ranch mm-hmm. where they sat down and had the meat which is where all the like, cows and stuff are from so mm-hmm. like there are different ways to like try to put a spin on a dish mm-hmm. like he could have very well just did a state like a steak and fries at the very end of it but yeah. it's the whole experience that makes it unique so it's almost like the storytelling of like food really yeah yeah but that's that like the michelin star level when you're creating like shit at home i find like like when people start crunching up Doritos and putting them into like their sandwich and stuff, that's also creative. That's also very creative. It's like I'm bored of just eating Doritos. I'm bored of this chicken sandwich. <gasps> I can put the Doritos in the chicken sandwich and then it's like a whole new thing. Hmm.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I think like what you do on your, your social media is you really, um, you really give, empower people, I'd say, to, to find their inner chef. Kind right? Of, yeah. Cuz everyone can cook. It's just like not everyone thinks that they can just because they see it on TV a certain way.
1: Yeah.
0: Or, you know, they kind of feel like it's not accessible to them.
1: It that's that's what I think it feels like because the like my breaking point actually, you know MasterChef Kids or Children, yeah. the Children <laughs> MasterChef. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh my god, this is going to be so fun." We start watching the show and it's like these 8-year-old kids making the most amazing pistachio macarons. I know. And I'm like, I don't even know how to make a macaron. What the fuck is this? And he's <laughs> making it, and like Gordon Ramsay and Graham Elliott and these amazing chefs are like, This is the best macaron I've had in my life. I would pay a thousand dollars for this one macaron. And I'm just sitting there at home, and just like, Oh my God, I'm going to quit being a chef because this kid is so talented. Why can't, I can't even compete, right? And then Mm -hmm. I started spinning like the mindset in my head is like, like, like these, like, this isn't really like, this is really good TV. This is very entertaining. This is great content. Mm -hmm. But like deep down me being like a chef in the food industry, I'm like this kid, like I have so many questions. Like, how do you know how to make this macaron? How much time off screen did you have to practice this before you actually went onto the stage? How many books were you allowed to read beforehand? And, uh the more digging I did, I found out that, yeah, these, like, the kids and the people on these shows, they actually, did you know they actually get, like, an hour or two in that library? You know how they showcase that library?
2: No. So they have this
1: huge food library where they have every food book known to man. Oh. They're allowed to go in there, like, an hour or two beforehand. It's like, this is what you're making. You're making apple pie. You have two hours in there. Go, right? Don't you think it's strange that in these shows there's that, that, that clock? And yeah. It's like, your time starts now and then yeah. they all everybody just seems to know exactly where they need to go magically <laughs> yeah it's like oh this is the great reveal we're making apple pie oh no apple pie i don't know how to make an apple pie but then miraculously they know yeah. to go get a food processor and a kitchen because they know i they did always wonder
0: that i'm like how did they know and because sometimes ha- like you know the diary entry or whatever uh it would go to them and they'd be like well i've never touched fish before and then they're making like a fish yeah, dish man. <laughs> like, yeah man what <laughs> Yeah, Ah.
1: it's scripted. It's so scripted. And the the best and the the best content that comes out of it is the ones that are either incredibly amazing or the ones that are just a disaster. Right. People don't really like they don't really show like the actual like the process of what it takes to actually make the thing that they're making. It's more the drama. Right. I mean it's good tv it's entertaining i Mm -hmm. was entertained for quite a while and then i realized like this show is just repetitive it's on repeat same formula and then just different people
0: Hmm. okay so what and i've asked you this before but like what is the difference between a cook and a chef
1: so uh, there's so for okay so when i started out and i started taking food seriously um i thought the term chef was like an accolade like you can't call yourself a chef if you do this, 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 and I actually used to frown upon people that would call themselves chefs, mm-hmm. but in my own like you know mindset, I'd be like, you're not a chef. You don't you don't do this. You don't do that. Right. Mm-hmm. But anybody can be a chef now. My ultimate definition of a chef is uh, one who owns and runs their own business via like catering or restaurant or whatever, and makes money from it. And also. The main difference between a cook and a chef is a cook, if you give a recipe to a cook, they can follow the recipe and they make it and it's fine. Mm -hmm. A chef can take a recipe or can, sorry, let me rephrase this. A chef can take what the cook made and if it's wrong, the chef will know how to fix it. Like they'll just know intuitively if it needs more salts or if it needs more vinegar or if Mm -hmm. it needs more time in the oven. The chef knows how to fix things because when you're working in a restaurant and you tell one of your cooks to like cut some peppers up and they cut it wrong, it's Mm -hmm. not like, like a home cook will be like, okay, let's get some more new peppers and start again. But no, a chef will be like, okay, this is fine. Just fix these wrong peppers and cut them this way i will adjust on the on the on the plating at the very end so Mm. the plate that i had envisioned instead of it being strips now i have to change it to dices and it'll just be different on the end plate so it's like they they yeah so so they have to sort of think on their feet so they so chefs have to actually know how to fix problems as opposed to just following a recipe
0: and so and well, chefs also make up; like they create the recipe, right? Or can cooks do that too? Like, no,
1: yeah, cooks cooks can make up recipes, but chefs chefs they they can all make, everybody can make up a recipe. It's just a matter of mixing and matching things that like go together. So, okay. so it's like chicken and potatoes will always go together. Tomatoes, mozzarella, basil will always go together. It's just a matter of how you present it, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like uh, when you are putting on clothes it's like if you're start like if you really like chicken or if you really just bought these like white keds or these white nike shoes what goes well with the shoes so you start with the shoes right Mm -hmm. it's like okay black should i go all black it's like chicken and potatoes the the potatoes are the black it's like should i wear a black jacket so like mashed potatoes or should i just you know wear a black tank top Mm -hmm. roasted potatoes so it's like mixing and matching so it's like It's like, you want your full attire, like, how are you going to go out at the, like, today? Mm -hmm. I know I want the white shoes, so it's like, I know I want chicken. Everything else is, like, an accent to the shoes.
0: Interesting.
1: That's how, that's how I see it, anyway.
0: Yeah. How do you, okay, so, I always want to get in the mind, or, like, the brain of someone who is a chef, or someone who creates a creative. So, like, what is your process, like, how do you, how do you channel your creativity to make new dishes or just to make dishes in general or like where do you channel that energy from?
1: That really depends on a lot of things. If I'm cooking at home, Mm -hmm. the number one factor is health because uh, my wife is very health conscious these days and well Mm -hmm. I am as well but she's more health conscious so if she doesn't want to consume things that are more fatty or or like gluten or sugar then of course I'm going to try to accommodate that. Mm -hmm. So that first comes into play. So what can I make that doesn't have all of these things, right? And like we need protein. We need a lean protein if we're being healthy. So chicken breasts or just chicken in general or fish. Mm -hmm. So I'll start with the fish and the chicken. Those are my sneakers. And then from there, it's just like, what do we want to eat today in terms of veg? What can't we eat? And then what can we eat? So it's a matter of going to the grocery store and seeing what's in season. Luckily, we live... In a nice place where lots of things are magically (laughs) in season so that's how that starts but if i'm doing if i'm creating a menu for an event um it's completely different it Mm -hmm. depends on what the client wants Mm -hmm. so if the client wants something french then i will pull recipes out from my french pocket in my brain and then present them with a few ideas if they like it then we'll go that way right Mm -hmm. if they want italian like if they want a ravioli and it's like, okay, so you want pasta, you want ravioli. What kind of flavors do you want there? It's like, oh, I don't know. It's like, okay, well, we can go straight Italian or we can go French or we can put whatever we want in the ravioli. And you just sort of negotiate from there, right? Mm. Yeah. So it's
0: like a lot of like, you have to get into the mind of your customer. Your well, <laughs> it's like at the end of the day,
1: cooking is all about customer service. It's all it about is. what your customer wants.
0: That's true.
1: Right? Sometimes they don't know what they want. You just have to, You just have to present them with ideas. And, so and see what they like right
0: yeah no you've done that to me uh, for me too like when we uh <laughs> when we made a youtube video eugene and i and yeah you were just like you can't eat this okay what can you eat and then you kind of like made yeah. the the meal plan from there yeah.
1: sometimes <laughs> okay. it's best sometimes it's best to start off with things that you can't eat so it's just like if you narrow know, down yeah you if, you, if you know that you can't eat any beef any red meat so then narrows down to like just chicken or fish or maybe you're shellfish. Maybe you have a shellfish allergy, so it's like, okay, no, no shellfish. Let's eat beef today, All right. mm. But we like we eat at home breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like breakfast is usually a smoothie. We've mm-hmm. been messing around with a little oatmeal lately, but mostly it's just smoothies, just because we want to keep it healthy and quick and then we actually have to make that list (laughs) our magic our magic prep list over there Mm -hmm. so our lunches are usually something lighter like a salad and a protein and that's where my mindset goes it's just like okay we're gonna have a salad and a protein so it's just a matter of me fitting in a protein as the protein and then the salad we'll buy one salad mix during the week via spinach or kale or whatever and then it's just the extra stuff on top that we want
0: it's true yeah have you heard of proper meal combining i'm sure you have yeah and yeah. so did, did they teach you that in school or is that something you had to pick up on your own
1: well you sort of pick up on your own mm-hmm. to be honest i'm against culinary school just because um the culinary schools that i've been experienced to the curriculum is actually super updated and yeah. they teach you things in the school that you don't actually use in the real workforce anymore they're still teaching like mother sauces but who the hell knows what mother sauces are? Yeah, what is that? <laughs> so so they teach you at culinary school there are five okay, Charisse, there are five mother sauces. There's a tomato one,
0: okay. there's a
1: beef one, there's a cream one, there's a like a chicken one, and then there's an egg one. But now you can literally make a sauce out of anything. It doesn't have to be those five anymore. That we have we have the technology. We have all these powders and gels and gelatins oh, and all mm-hmm. these things to make a sauce a sauce. I can make mango sauce with two ingredients, mango and xanthan gum. And it's a mango sauce. You don't like this this whole thing of mother sauces is so outdated. I mean, it's good to know like your history, where things came from. Mm-hmm. But to try and teach that as an actual thing nowadays is kind of, it doesn't work anymore.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I feel like yeah, you have to think outside of the box anyways, really. Yeah,
1: so so the culinary so I'm going to say no to culinary school. <laughs>
0: <think> that's clear. <laughs> and,
1: but you know what? You you can take the night classes. Like mm-hmm. like doing like one-off classes are really great because then it allows you to focus on the one thing. Like when you go to culinary school, you have to learn everything. You have to, there's like a knife skills class, a butchery class, a theory class, um, how to do all your finances and uh there's a like you know there's just like a bunch of classes that you don't actually really need Mm -hmm. it's just like to get like the basics in you but you can learn like if you really want to become a cook and if you want to actually start a business if you want to start a business it's one other thing like you know Mm -hmm. five guys yeah that you know the guy the owner of five guys literally only knows how to make hamburgers and fries he doesn't know how to make all of these mother sauces and all these other things. He only knows how to make a good burger and good fries and he started his business and five guys are actually his sons. His four sons.
0: Look at that. Yeah right? So easy. (laughs) (laughs) right, I think it's like more that speaks to like really owning your craft and just just making it making it better. I don't know, capitalizing off of it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So for you, like you started to go online like only recently, like sharing your cooking skills and just helping people create recipes what was the why behind that I know you said you wanted to share knowledge but like you said it was really enjoyable for you but what keeps you going I guess and where do you want to take it
1: so uh, I so I actually wanted to teach the why and the how of cooking because when I was growing up as a kid I did not live on the fields of Italy or, like, some fancy whatever. Mm-hmm. I literally grew up eating what my dad cooked, which was a routine-based dinner, which was amazing. But when he wasn't home, I would be eating Kraft dinner or cup noodles or Chef D. You remember that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would be eating all of, all of the stuff that you're not supposed to eat. And, like, when I hit sort of like teenager years the only thing i knew how to use was the microwave and i feel like i could have gotten more nutrients (laughs) and a lot of us could have got more nutrients and it's just the fact that i didn't know how to make stuff when you should have right Mm -hmm. so i want to sort of create that bridge that bridge of opportunity for people to actually learn stuff and my my niche is I'm actually trying to push the techniques more so than the recipes. I'm actually hoping for people to use the techniques they lean, that they learn from me to then look at other people's recipes to use as an application in the recipes. Oh. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm actually going for because mm-hmm. recipes are a commodity. In my opinion, recipes are a commodity. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of these internet chefs, they base everything around their recipe Mm-hmm. I'm trying to go the other way. That's you know,
0: good. Yeah, you're giving them, like, the blueprint, almost.
1: Yeah. So instead of, like, how to make a French onion soup, I'm teaching you how to cut the onion. And I'm trying to give you the the whole, like, people don't tell you that peeling the onion takes longer than actual cutting it.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't know that. Yeah. I mean, I kind of, like, I just kind of, like, cut it in half and do something. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't really care. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: No, that's so cool. Um...
1: What's your go to recipe when you make when you, when you make a meal? Or like when you're planning your week? Like what, what's your thought process when you want to eat something? That's
0: a good question. So like I was just I just spoke about this before. When I think about food, I think about a plate. I think about like a sometimes I think about okay, what's the protein source, what's the fat, and what's the I guess what's the carb? Or am I even eating carb? And so I approach all my meals like that. So for example, like one of my um, meat free Meals that I like to make is like lentils, so dal really, mm, so yeah. like a lentil, and I'll add turmeric in it, and then I eat it with quinoa, and then I'll eat it with like a salad, mm. and that's like literally my approach to every meal that I make. It's like, where's the green? Where's the carb? Where's the protein? Yeah, or fat. Yeah,
1: yeah. I used to think like that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like green, protein, carb—the yeah. three, like the trifecta, right? Mm-hmm. But then if you can sort of break away from that trifecta, then things get a little bit hard. They can get a little bit harder. But also a little bit more interesting. So you could do double green, no carb with a protein. So it's super yeah. healthy, right?
0: I know. Uh, and I think for me, like when I switch to, when I switch my diet to like the candida diet, and then right now I kind of maintain something like the candida diet. I think right now I eat more intuitively.
2: Yeah.
0: Because like I know what feels good. I know what makes me not feel good. So I try to eat more towards like uh, foods that are going to give me that energy. So, um, yeah, when I changed my my diet, I had to look at, you know, what other foods I can play around with and eat. So sometimes I found myself doing, like, double veggie and, like, another vegetable. But then sometimes it wouldn't make me full, and then I'd have to figure it out from there. It's like, there's a lot of playing around, trial and error, that goes into the way I eat.
1: Yeah, that's all of us, I think. That's all of us. Mm. Like, in, in professional kitchens, it takes a while to come up with for the chef to come up with a new dish like at some of the restaurants in Hong Kong the Michelin Star it would take weeks and months and this would be tinkering every day so yeah so there would be like uh, you'd have your like set menu and then if you want to introduce a new dish you can either let one of your cooks do it which is very common because it's a lot easier to like micromanage right Mm -hmm. or you, you you get like this new locally sourced buffalo and now you want to fuck with buffalo. So it's like okay, how how can I showcase the flavor of buffalo mm-hmm. in its most magnificent flavor? Should I just make it a steak or should I make a tartare which is raw mm-hmm. or should I like braise it, cook it all the way down? Like There's like so, so, so many, many ways, portions, right? There's
0: so many ways. So do you do a lot of um do you make a lot of meat free Meals, or is yeah. that your special? Like, do you okay? Do you notice a difference? Like, what is the difference between cooking meat free versus cooking with meats? Like, is there more creativity involved? Like, do you have to exercise more yeah. muscles? With well, that?
1: well, for me, I, I've like, I'm a griller, so like, most of the restaurants that I've worked at, mm-hmm. my favorite station of work was in front of a grill. So grilling meat is very natural for me, and when you take away the meat part of the yeah. equation for me. <laughs> I kind of, like, am a deer in headlights at some points, and then my brain automatically either goes to lentils, beans, or tofu. <laughs> and that, so, so, so it's, like, it's a little bit hard to play with. Mm-hmm. One of the most challenging um, meal planning parts of my life, or the meal planning thing, Casey was on an elimination diet. diet mm-hmm. And that was super hardcore. No sugar, no milk, no dairy, no red peppers, no coffee, no... No fucking anything. It was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so then I, I ended up like having to like make these super ridiculously simple meals, but it was really hard, really, really hard. And she did that for a whole month and mm-hmm. then we had to introduce foods very, very slowly. Mm-hmm. And at, at the time I was really upset about it because I was like bitching and complaining like this is way too hard. And I can't really think of like any ideas to come up with but then by the end of it Like her her gut and her stomach actually healed and like she actually started feeling better Yeah, and then like through like my own like oh I feel really uncomfortable doing this because I can't make anything delicious in my mind I didn't even realize the fact that her body was healing the way that it should so then I started taking like these diets a lot more serious and mm-hmm as everybody else should.
0: <laughs> Sometimes you need to like learn through like someone else's experience or like what you've experienced. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's very interesting.
0: It is. So food is so powerful to me, but also food is so like it brings people together. So how do you feel as a chef being able to bring people together through the food that you make? Like how does that make you feel? It
1: makes me feel good. Right? Cuz like the most most of my memories of food is like the whole family eating around the table. And for most families it's like that's what. What are the memories of you being with your family together? Most of the t- most of the time, it's going to be around the dinner table. Oh, food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like some of my best memories of my like family have either been at our own kitchen table or even like at a restaurant or wherever. Mm-hmm. And even family gatherings, like you always remember your Christmas, dinner, like Thanksgivings, yeah. <laughs> and your Canada days. If you do dinners on Canada days, but you always remember the big family gatherings and those gatherings. Are things around food Mm -hmm. so I think that it's very important yes yeah in the food industry I don't know if you knew this in the food industry the busiest day of the year can you guess the busiest day of the year Christmas no New Year's no
0: okay one more guess um (laughs) oh what other holidays are there
1: it's not really a holiday but it's like a very special day for a member of the family Mother's Day. Yeah. Mother's Day is the busiest day in all of like all restaurants, it's the busiest day.
0: Interesting. Yeah, because
1: everybody cares about their mom.
0: Yeah, they want to feed mom. That's forget so Father true. forget Father's Day. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: like, who cares about that, right? That's so true. yeah Mother's Day.
0: Um
1: Busier than New Year's, Christmas, Thanksgiving, it's always Mother's Day.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. That's why we always try to get book that off. <laughs>
0: So, another note on, like, bringing people together. I notice, or what I've determined is food tastes better when it's being cooked by someone who actually enjoys cooking.
2: <laughs> oh. So, like, whenever
0: I have your meals, it's, like, they taste so good because I know that you enjoy cooking it. And sometimes when I make myself meals, it's, like, sometimes I just, like, lazily throw it together and um, it still tastes decent, but, like, you know. It's because
1: you're when you cook for yourself, especially by yourself, it's you're cooking for sustenance. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. If you're if you're going to indulge, you're going to be eating like chocolate or you're sitting in front of the TV eating a bag of chips or something. Mm-hmm. But when you cook for someone else, there's this feeling you get that it's not about you anymore. It's it's it then becomes a feeling of giving.
0: That's so true. Right? Cuz when I cook for people, it's like, no, I'm taking extra time, yeah, right? making sure this tastes good. Yeah. I especially love potlucks because I take my time on my lasagna. That's what I usually make for potlucks.
1: I love potlucks because It's, it's a good way for you not to do all the work, but also there's this underlying like competition, like, yeah, I'm going to make the best, (laughs) I'm going to make the best dish and bring it Everyone's going to be like, holy shit, this tastes amazing, wow.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, another thing that um, I like about your content is that you really bring in your personality to it. And like, that sometimes is what keeps people or brings people back. It's like how it's being portrayed. So, yeah, is that very, like, natural for you? Like, how do you... No. No?
1: <laughs> no. It's actually, you know, it's funny you say that because I'm trying to, like, push really hard on TikTok and Instagram, and I actually find that I'm not putting myself, like, not enough personality into it, hmm. because I, when I started on TikTok, I sort of got this influx. It, it, it was actually kind of lucky how it sort of happened. I just started posting stuff on TikTok, and then some of them hit and became viral, Mm-hmm. And then after that, I sort of got this rush in my head. It's like, Oh, no, I need to create more of this content. But the, but the pieces that went viral were, didn't really have much of my personality into it. Yeah. So then I was like, and then I find myself at this sort of standstill. Like a lot of my posts weren't hitting at all. And then I sort of got a little sad. <laughs> and then I realized that like, it's not really about me. It's about like the value of the content. Am I making people laugh? Am I giving them real information on how to cook stuff? Mm -hmm. So it's sort of like a fine balance of like what's in it for you. And if it is in it, like what, like if it's for you, then it has to be for you. But if it's you trying to actually teach people how to cook, then it has to be about the people. That's true. Yeah. So I've been trying to experiment with putting myself, more of myself into it. It's really, hard, honestly, like there's a lot of insecurities that come along with that, but I've been trying really hard to, like, try to reveal, like, more pieces of me. Like,
0: what exactly, like, what do you, what do you think has to be? I don't know, just,
1: like, just, like, your thought process, like, like, the gen, like, you have to be genuine, like, people can spot a fake, and it's more so, like, just think about all the people that you follow on Instagram, and all the, all the, the, the people that you really, really like on Instagram, Mm -hmm. like forget the followers and forget whatever like what what makes you really drawn to these people is it like the way that they write their copy is it the way that they portray themselves like are they giving you something like for like uh athletic people are they actually teaching you how to like better yourself through exercising or are their recipes actually good or, you or are they just like putting out garbage recipes just for the fact of putting out recipes I feel like the best
0: connections I make with like online personalities is are people that are share like yeah people that are more themselves and people that are being vulnerable almost yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah
1: and that's so hard it is hard it's so hard to be vulnerable
0: hello my podcast vulnerable <laughs> <laughs> and being on this whole thing vulnerability it, it's fucking
1: hard man <laughs> it's like what, it's, like, all of these things that you've been, like, like your whole life you've been putting up all these shields and all these walls to, to, like, make make yourself not look weak. Yeah. But now I'm, like, realizing, like, the more walls that you take down, the more people can relate to you. Like, oh, and resonate so with important. you. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's a lot of insecurities with chefs and cooks. Like, yeah. I used to feel, like, when, whenever I had to make staff meal for cooks... That's when I got the most stressed out and the most insecure because you're not just cooking for people that are paying for the food. You're cooking for all your staff that know how to cook the food and they all yeah, have their worse. own taste buds, right? Mm-hmm. And like there's a lot of insecurities when it comes to cooking food for another chef. You get really nervous and it's just like a whole thing that nobody ever talks about. Mm.
0: How do you overcome it or how do you think you you do it do you just
1: you just you just have to not care that much it's really hard in theory it sounds really easy <laughs> Oh, i'm just not gonna give a shit about this chicken i'm gonna cook for this three-star michelin chef no it doesn't work that way you, like you make the food very nervously you plate it very nervously you present it and then you go to the back and you're like enjoy your meal put down the plate and then you walk away and you go to the back and you're like fuck, 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 fuck <laughs>
0: Wow, no. I wouldn't think that you um were concealing parts of yourself because it just seems like there's so much of your personality on your videos because yeah. you're like naturally very humorous and I like, see that. Like even in the video we made.
1: Yeah.
0: So yeah. I'm surprised.
1: Yeah, there's lots of <laughs> there's lots of hidden insecurities.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. I'm trying to like not be so insecure anymore. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard, man.
0: That's, like, that's why I was, like, that was one of the things that pushed me to do this because it was, like, I just want to talk about just what I think, thoughts that I think and stuff. And, like, so many people have been, like, hey, I resonate with that so much or we think like this much. Or um, one of my friends said that for me, putting myself out there was very courageous to her and it empowers her or it makes her feel like she can also do the same. Yeah. And I'm, like, that's so interesting because I get inspiration from people that do that yeah. for them. So, yeah. And then. Yeah, it's the it best. Like- you know what's you know what's
1: the funniest is, chefs like sh- or people that call themselves like super professional cooks, mm-hmm. actually have a hard time posting stuff that they cook because they're already like prejudging themselves on based on what other chefs are gonna say. It's like, oh, you didn't do that right. Oh, that's not cooked properly. But yeah. the home cooks, like the people that don't have any professional background and they just put themselves out there and then they just put it out. And then it's not even like, yeah, the chefs will like judge their food, but then they have this sort of uh, they, they check the box like this person's not a professional cook. So whatever they make is already above sort of subpar standard. But if you have that that title of chef, then you already have like this bar that you need to hit mm-hmm. and anything below that bar is garbage. But if you're a home cook, the bar is lowered and then then like a real chef will be like, oh, OK, it's not cooked properly. But it's okay because they're a home chef.
2: Yeah. But
1: these home chefs, they give hope to all these people that don't know how to cook. It's like, oh, this person's not even a chef and they made this thing. So I'm going to try it mm-hmm. because it's more approachable. It's more like, oh, if this person can do it, then I can too. But mm-hmm. if you see like, I don't know, Hussein Bolt, you know, run. It's like, okay, I'm not going to run next to Hussein. I'm not going to try what Hussein Bolt did. That's mm-hmm. impossible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's interesting.
1: Yeah, it's like this it's funny when like there's a point there's a point where I thought I was like the superstar chef in some of the places I was working at mm-hmm. and I thought I was the guy that all these other all the underlings or whatever would come they I like I thought they would come to me to answer all their questions. Mm-hmm. But in reality that was really that was like a really big weakness and mm-hmm. I learned a lot from other people's mistakes and some of the creativity that comes from someone with zero experience is like, "Oh my god, genius!" Like, why didn't I think of that? Mm-hmm. But it's because they're so curious that they don't already have all these like
2: preconceived old, like, yeah. They don't have all these like
1: like these these already set in stone things that is just like, "Oh my god, genius!"
0: And it's like they come from a blank slate, yeah, and so they're able to perform better, yeah. I think yeah, that's so interesting because like that affects other people in many different areas of life. Like when I came, when I, you know, started my podcast, it was like, oh, I know there's so many others that are great, and it's like, do am I even that great at talking to people or interviewing people? Like, I think you're fantastic. See, yeah. I think you're amazing. <laughs> yeah. So it's like I learned a new skill, a hidden skill that I didn't even know. So yeah. it's like,
1: and your voice is so calming. Thank you. Your voice actually makes it very easy to talk to. <laughs>
0: is it calming right now because like when i project it's not as like it's not as chill it is
1: it really is
0: good thank yeah. you
2: yeah you're welcome
0: <laughs> see oh okay well hmm so um you mentioned earlier that like chefs have like they store they tell a story through the way they cook so i want to know like what is the story you tell through your cooking
1: so i don't actually know <laughs> but i know that um when chefs want to create a menu for their restaurant not only will their food tell the story but how the restaurant looks and feels is also part of that whole story Mm -hmm. so from the minute that you walk into the front door and you sort of get the like the ambience of the restaurant that's already like the first act of the story maybe even booking your reservation Mm -hmm. and training your hostess or your your booking person to say things exactly scripted the way they want their customer to experience is even the first act but Mm -hmm. the ambiance how you how the kitchen how the the front of house staff act how they how they like move and how they serve the food Mm -hmm. is all part of like the storytelling and then it comes to the food yeah so um storytellers Chefs are storytellers when they have a menu, like a 10 course menu. And usually their first restaurant is based around their experience of how they became a chef. So, um, some chefs will go the traditional route. They'll do a few amuse bouches. Amuse-bou- I still can't say that right, but it's like first bite sized courses, and then you move to the apps. And then you move to the vegetable course, fish course, meat course. And then the main entree, which is mm-hmm. the star, and then you'll do a couple desserts, like one or two desserts, and then a petty four, which is like little dessert bite size. So, like, mm-hmm. so if you look at it on a scale, it like goes up, and then it goes back down, mm-hmm. and also the music plays into it, and then the whole experience, right? So each dish will have different flavors. So let's say an Italian chef grew up with their grandma, and then went to New York, and then finished off in like japan so then the first dish will probably be italian dishes and then like Mm -hmm. the apps will like go to like an american style and then the desserts might be japanese style so that's like their story yeah my story i don't know (laughs) my story is so random because i've worked in different so i've worked in all different kinds of kitchens that weren't considered like or deemed great quality restaurants. Mm -hmm. I only hit, like, the great quality restaurants in the mid-tier of my career. So I was actually more focused on, like, relationships. Mm -hmm. My my culinary career, the most memorable parts were being able to be proficient and as efficient and precise as possible, Mm -hmm. and also building relationships with people so i guess that actually is portrayed in my content because i'm trying to teach people how to cook things fast and properly but i'm also trying to be very funny because that's how i am in the kitchen as i was always like the f- f- kind of the funny funny guy i guess i don't know
0: mm-hmm. but maybe like, that is your story like bringing people together making them
1: yeah maybe yeah i, I never actually it's... thought about it i've never actually thought about that <laughs> For.
0: Well now you can't. <laughs> okay, so where can the listeners, you know, keep in touch with you, keep in contact, see all your, your videos and everything. So like I have,
1: so I'm my biggest audience is on TikTok mm-hmm. and Instagram and then YouTube. YouTube's so hard.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Um it's
1: so nice. my my handles are the huge food, so the underscore huge food at all of them. Just to try to keep it simple. So
0: okay i'll post that in the description box as well so they can see that but um did you want to end on any last notes or yeah
1: cooking is super simple and it is yeah and anyone (laughs) can cook and anyone can become a chef and it's it's so like i actually consider if you know how to boil water for (laughs) cup noodle if you know how to boil water you are now officially a cook you know how to cook that counts as cooking. Some
0: people burn it.
1: You, if, well, it's true. You ain't gonna learn if you ain't. What's the saying? There's a there's a chef that I worked with. Her saying is, "If you ain't burning, you ain't learning." Learning. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so corny. <laughs>
0: well thank you for being on my podcast eugene i hope you had fun
1: i did this was this Yay. was lots of fun thanks so much no
0: problem and um of course i'll leave everything below so that you know the listeners can keep in contact with you and make some delicious meals or at least learn yeah how to even cut onions and chop onions sorry yeah <laughs> all right well until next time